All right, welcome on in, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike. It's bet on lacrosse time, even when, you know, it's the all-star break. Last week, everybody had a little bit of a rest from lacrosse, but uh, I don't know about you guys. I cannot bet another baseball game. I need PLL to be back just for my sanity in betting sports. I'm your host, Dan Alexander, and we got a great crew with us for the show today, we're going to break down some PLL team futures. We're going to do some MVP talk, uh, talk a little bit of the All-Star game, and then we'll give you some early thoughts on the Week 6 slate uh, because we have lines for that already. Always exciting when you're able to see those lines drop, track the line moves throughout the week. So that's what we'll be doing here. If you don't want to do the work, that's what Bet on Lacrosse and our whole dais is here to do for you. So let's welcome on in the guys today. Again, like I said, great slate We got Hutton Jackson, as always, Action Network producer, um, and, of course, the host of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We got PixWise contributor, as well as behind the scenes working with us with uh, Pro Lacrosse Talk. Charlie White is with us, and we also got a special guest that's been cashing tickets like crazy in the PLL. Crabs Bets is joining us. And, of course, you can always hop in and request to speak and be a part of the space. We would love to hear from you guys and gals and get your thoughts as well. So, Charlie, I'm going to start with you. Uh, How'd you do in week five, brother? And, uh, really, I think everybody who we're chatting with right now, we're all up some serious units this year in PLL, right, my man? Yeah, not to toot my own horn, but uh, 4-0 on my straight bets and uh, 3 for my last three parlays. So uh, I feel like we're seeing the board pretty well. Uh, we got some good numbers out there. A lot of value at this time of year when you think that Team A is going to be like the best team in the league and Team B is like the worst team in the league. But in reality, all these teams are pretty close together. Um, so, yeah, with the numbers that are thrown out, we get some good value. But uh, hopefully we can carry it on to next week. Yeah, we all were kind of saying, man, what a horrible time for this all-star break to come around when we're all just rolling, seeing the board real well. Hutton, how about yourself? I know all of your plays are tracked on Action Network. Download the Action Network app, track their own plays, see experts as well. as great content on there so uh, people can see what you're posting. And I think you're running pretty hot this year too, aren't you, my man? How's it going, brother? Yeah, honestly, like uh, giving out picks, I, I did well for the first three weeks. And then my past two weeks, giving out picks, um, not actually that great, but we had live betting in week five. And I, I really made a lot of money live betting. That's where I kind of cleaned up. Um, I, I, I had a few hits on the, the Water Dogs game, actually went 4 0 on my picks there, including a, a live under 28 and a half um, for the Chaos Cannons on that Sunday. But um, in terms of like giving out picks, I went one and two. Um, but if you were watching, you know, me, my tweets on when we were live betting, um, you, you were probably sitting pretty good because a lot of value, like the archers were plus 100 tied at half, despite being favorites going into that game. Uh, that was one that I got. Um, so a lot of opportunities with pro lacrosse betting, uh, live betting, hopefully they continue to give us live lines. Cause, um, I think the books got hit probably pretty hard with those live betting, even though that tends to be their bread and butter. So. We'll see. Hopefully we continue to get those going forward, though. Yeah, and on our last live show, we were just kind of saying, hey, if there is going to be live betting because there was, you know, some talk that there could have potentially been to just, like, hold on and potentially not make any plays before live betting, and you could get some insane numbers. We had over-unders that went all the way up to 30 and a half, and, like, it was just some crazy just mispricing by some of those algorithms. And I know our guy, Charlie, he was a little bummed since he couldn't get in on the action. Uh, he didn't have live bank where he was at. So uh, he's beating up the bookies on the pre-flop 
flop. So only imagine if he was able to get in on the bloodbath that was live betting for betters in week five of the PLL. Hopefully those opportunities stay around. Really excited to welcome into Crab's Bets. You can always hear him behind the lines on Book It Sports making terrific content and also making hella good picks as well across all sports. Love the stuff you do, my, my man. Happy to finally be on a show with you, Crabs. How's it going, brother? Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I don't know if I deserve that intro or not, uh, but we've been absolutely caking on our PLL plays. Six in a row. Pretty fucking insane, if you ask me. Uh, it's been keeping me afloat. Uh, while baseball has been damn near impossible to bet on, like you said, I'm tired of betting baseball every day. I miss the PLL. It comes at a perfect timing for the sports books, right, to uh, to give us a little break here, two weeks off from really diving into these cards. Uh, and I think they needed the break, too. Hutton touched on it. They've got to be getting destroyed. Uh, we've been making too much money for them not to be. And these live lines, they don't know. I don't think these books know what they're doing, my man. Uh, I've been taking bets, you know, pre-flop, like you said, and then hedging halfway through or, or getting plus money on the other side live and hitting both. It's been a crazy run. I'm super excited for it to come back. I'm really excited for the All-Star game. Although my team, the Redwoods, might not be doing their job, uh, we've been hitting our bets. So I'm not complaining. Uh, super happy to be here, guys. Let's, uh, let's get after it. Well, I'm right there with you, Krabs, because one of my preseason picks was, uh, was going on the Redwoods. I thought I was getting great value, plus 800. Oh, my God, they start hot out of the gate. Uh, you know, how, how will this not be a better bet? Um, you could get them at like, uh, what, like 10 to one right now. So, uh, I, I'm feel you're just, you're just crying as a fan, my man, uh, my pocketbook, not too happy with me. The bankroll saying, what the hell were you doing, dude? So I, I'm with you there. Um, it's brutal, man. Of, I hate to see yeah, it, speak, but it's okay. Speaking of futures boys, um, let's get right into that. I want to get all your kind of thoughts on it. Cause I feel like I said on our last episode, I have already placed five different futures. So just off of principle alone, when I have over half the league tied up in futures, I'm not placing anymore. Although whenever we talk futures, I always am like wooed and like thinking, ah, maybe I should sprinkle a little bit on another team here. So just to run it down, Hutton does an awesome job each and every week letting you know on Monday where's the best and longest odds that you can. We always preach shopping lines here. So have some different sports books so you can get down, maybe get some of those middling and hedge opportunities that Krabs was just talking about there. But uh, I'll, I'll run down the numbers that Hutton has for us here. Atlas plus 400. That's available at MGM and Barstool. Whipsnakes 450 at MGM. Archers plus 450 on DK and Barstool. We got Chrome plus 550 on Caesars. Water Dogs, Caesars and MGM hanging a plus 700. Chaos plus 900 at Caesars. And then you got Redwoods and Cannons bringing up the rear. Redwoods 10 to 1. Cannons 12 to 1. Redwoods you can get at Caesars, DraftKings and MGM cannons at caesars DraftKings, and barstool so that's where you can get your best odds if you still want to place a future hutton since you so painstakingly curate all of that um a lot of caesars being the longest odds so they're just trying to get their handle up on these futures um are you finding any value anywhere and anything that you're potentially placing on or do you like me already have your eggs in about 700 different damn baskets yeah i definitely uh i'm taking a, a pause right now because i do have four futures right now um i have pretty much all the top teams other than the whip snakes so i have chrome i didn't you know obviously at that uh plus 2000 early on um i got in on the archers recently they're my most recent team uh atlas i got in that plus 450 and then uh i really like the water dogs team i got in on them uh plus 900 
and uh, I'm pretty high on them going forward. So that would be a team that right now I would probably bet. Um, the only thing I would maybe give you pause to wait, if you do think the Chrome are going to win this coming week, week six, um, then you might be able to get a better price on them. So maybe you wait till after their Chrome game um, if you still do like the Water Dogs. But um, I think their, their value is starting to, to drop just because they are playing well. They just had a good game against the Whip Snakes. Um, and they haven't really looked like a bad team at all through four weeks. Uh, lost a tough one to the Cannons to open, but that was just a bad first half. Narrowly lost the Whip Snakes. Uh, had that amazing comeback by Chrome that you know set them up at 0-3. But since then, they've looked really good. So they're a team that I'm, I'm buying stock now. Um, other than that, though, you know, unless it's one of the favorites that you think is going to win, not a lot of value across the board, in my opinion. And that's kind of like a buzzword, you know, in, in sports betting media is value. You know what I mean? You hear it all the time, value. But, like, what does value really mean? Like, Charlie, I'm wondering for you, you see this, these numbers. Um, we just ran them down for folks. Again, you can always check out and, uh, you know, look on your sports book and see the different odds there. But, you know, you run that down. Do you see, now that we're kind of at the quasi midpoint, so to speak, with the All-Star game in the season, um, you know, is anything standing out to you with that buzzword value? Or are you just kind of trying to get through this muck and figure out who the hell is going to win this thing? Yeah, I'm not a huge futures better because there's so many things that can happen, like injuries, um, suspensions, all that kind of stuff that you just can't see coming. Uh, so I don't like to have my money wrapped up for too long. But right now, uh, kind of like Hutton, seeing the Water Dogs plus 700 right now, like they've been playing pretty well. And I think anyone who like understands the game of lacrosse knows that they have a lot of meat left on the bone. They can get a lot better. Uh, they had been without Sowers at 100% for probably the better half of half the season. Withers has played one and a half games. Um, their defense looks really well. Dylan Ward just came back. Uh, so I think that they, they have all the pieces to put together a pretty substantial run. I mean, they were the one seed in the PL last year, like whatever you think that means, like they were a pretty good team last year. They returned most of their players. Jack Hanna is just ready to break out. I love that guy. I think he's one of the, going to be one of the best midfielders in the league in a couple of years. Um, but they got a lot of pieces. Like I said, Connor Kelly's an all-star, Zach Kerr's an all-star. And I think that if they put this together, they could be probably one of the most dangerous teams in the league. And uh, probably the biggest value play I see is the Redwoods plus 1,000. Um, they looked really, really bad for the first two weeks of the season. And I'm, I'm not going to deny that at all. Um, they've looked a little bit better these past two weeks. They've won or lost two games in a row by one goal each to the Whip Snakes and to the Archers. Um, whether or not you think that that's rep, like, uh, replicable, they can keep playing close games and win those games and stuff. Um, they're still arguably one of the most talented teams in the league. Uh, they still have T. Erlin, who last year was tied for first place uh, in face-off win percentage with Trevor Baptiste. If he can kick it back into first gear and start winning 65%, 70% of face-offs, uh, they can turn those one-goal losses into three or four-goal wins. So I think that with the talent they have on the offense, defense, Jack Kelly being a nice infusion in the goal as opposed to Tim Troutner, um, I think that they have – a serious chance to be in the mix at season's end and uh, make some noise. So those are my two best value plays on futures. 
Yeah, and you know, just kind of backing up Charlie's point, looking towards the Water Dogs. There, you know, let's let's not forget that this is a team that has shown, hey, they have a propensity to potentially getting hot at the end of the season. So while they might not be playing their best lacrosse out of the gate, they showed last year they ended up as the one seed. They didn't really need to be playing, and the way that this is set up, um, you know, it's only one team who's going to be ended up missing out. So. Crabs, I'm wondering for you, man, like, how do you attack futures markets? And, um, you know, this could also kind of spill into, like, MVP, because I feel like if I am to bet a future, it's going to be more likely in this outright market where you're trying to pick a team to win a championship as opposed to MVP, which you have voting in. You know, you have not really defined how they vote on these different awards. It's a lot more subjective. So I I like Charlie. Uh, don't really get much into the future markets, but when I do, it's for outright winners. Like, how do you attack these markets? And as far as either of them, have you had any bets or any bets that you might place? Yeah, I think you took the best approach. You're about to bet on every single team. No way that can lose, right? Take every team to win the whole thing. Gosh, that's a great idea. No way that loses. Uh, I'm not the biggest futures guy just in general. Um, and lacrosse, it scares me a little bit just because of how – uh, volatile and how much shit changes just throughout the season, in my opinion. Uh, but I think you guys are in a good spot if you're snagging good value, uh, like Hutton did uh, earlier this season with the Chrome. Uh, and you guys might have been in, in on that as well. But I think that was insane value there. Uh, but, you know, the keyword value, Dan, like you said, does value matter at the end of the day? Uh, you just got to click the right button that ends up hitting and put money in your account. And right now, you know, value aside, I think it's the Atlas. I think they win the whole thing. I think they're the most complete team. Um, I don't see how they lose. I think there's only one way that they don't end up winning the whole thing at this point. That's how dominant they are from what I've seen. And it's if Baptiste's injury is serious. Uh, And that kind of leads to our MVP future talk here. But uh, from what I'm hearing, I'm a little bit worried from what I saw uh, about a week and a half ago. I'm definitely worried. He could barely walk. Uh, He's not a young guy. So I'm definitely worried and and curious to see how – it plays out for him, how quickly he comes back. I don't think it's going to be as quick as people think. Uh, and that really hurts them, to be honest with you. So if I had to take something right now, I wouldn't even look for a value play. I like to take you guys set on the water dogs. I think they're getting better. And that's definitely the best value on the market currently, in my opinion. I'm with you guys. Definitely not on my Redwoods. Uh, but Atlas, and I just I don't <laughs> see how they lose. I don't see how they lose this. They're dominant. They're dominant. Yeah. They, they just look damn good. I'm right there with you. And um, that's that's the thing is, like, I, too, I try not to get into futures too much. But so often the whole reason behind having a future ticket is to be like, hey, I told you so. But when you're able to have a Chrome 20 to 1 ticket uh, with several other tickets having your, your lowest <clears throat> return, excuse me, like being like a 5 to 1 back in an 18 market, that's not a terrible way to do it. So, yeah, I'm basically just spraying the board. Like, it's basically you play roulette, and I placed on every single number except, like, three of them. And I know with how uh, my betting luck is is every now and then, the one that didn't play on is going to co- come up. The, uh, the double zero green or the zero green is going to come up on the roulette wheel and completely fuck me. But I'm ready for that. I'm ready and willing for it, Krabs. Well, I think the green would be the Redwoods in this case. So you're right. You might be you're, okay there. You're, you're, you're right. So maybe, maybe that wouldn't screw me completely. Uh, but I, I hate that I, I lost out on, you know, uh, 20 cents of value there on that one. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so you kind of alluded to it right there, brother, is this whole MVP market. 
Um, I placed many before the season uh, just, you know, to have at least one ticket that thing sweetened up a little bit, but the way that Tom Schreiber's playing is kind of mucky that water up a little bit. So Hutton, like, how are you betting any futures? I know you, uh, you were big on potentially sprinkling a little bit on Baptiste, but as Krabs was just kind of saying, Hey, with that injury, uh, does that hurt? Does that help his value? I don't know. If you're not on the field, it's hard to make a case for MVP unless your team looks that bad. So, um, you know, just kind of give an MVP overview, some things that you're kind of seeing, and uh, we'll let Charlie wrap that up before we get into some all-star game and some uh, PLL week six leans. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week before Baptiste got injured, but, you know, obviously his stock's rising. Um, if I had to just purely pick MVP right now, it'd be Baptiste. But like you said, the injury kind of makes it a little bit interesting. I wouldn't bet him right now because of that injury, because it's it's interesting the way MVP, you know, races work. If Baptiste misses a game and the Atlas lose, that probably helps his MVP case. Um, but if he misses two or three games, um, maybe the Atlas win a couple of those or win all of them, well, then does that hurt his case? You know, it's kind of like this narrative thing that you kind of always have to battle. And uh, that's kind of what's tough about it. Um, so yeah, I definitely think the smart thing right now is to avoid betting on Baptiste until we see the extent of his injury. Although I do think right now he is the clear MVP, um, based on just how everyone's performing. You know, Jeff Teat could be up in that discussion, but you got Baptiste on that team already, you know, probably arguably being the, the top guy, um, you know, the reason why they are, have been so successful. Um, and then, you know, you talked about the Schreiber Manny situation, Manny through four weeks looked like the the clear guy that was making their motor turn, but they have so many weapons that Schreiber's get maybe been the most consistent guy of the group. And then you have Marcus Holman that's turning in big games. So um, I'm actually kind of playing both sides uh, of that. I have both on Schreiber and Manny at um, pretty good odds. I think I got Schreiber at plus 2000 and Manny at um, something around maybe plus 1300 or whatever. I forget. Um, but the, the tough thing with those two guys is, you know, I honestly don't recommend betting them right now. Um, maybe one of them if you really feel good about it, but it's just it's too murky to determine who the MVP of their team is, let alone who might have a chance at winning MVP and uh, dethroning, you know, essentially Baptiste right now. Um, and then the only other one, I, I keep hitting it home, and uh, I'm going to have to stop hitting it home once his value completely dries up, but he was, uh, you know, plus 15,000 at one point. Now he's plus 3,500, but Kyle Burnlore. I think is the clear guy uh, who's the reason why the whip snakes are four and one. Um, the, the question is though, in the overall MVP race, is he going to win? Is he going to beat a Baptiste? Is he going to beat a Schreiber or a Manny? Probably not. You know, we saw blades to it as a goalie last year, but that's very, very rare. So um, right now I still think there's a little bit of value with, with him still at that number. Um, but it's tough for me to like recommend doing that when I got in so early and, you know, his value has dropped so drastically. Uh, it's hard for me to recommend, you know, backing a goalie in this uh, MVP race. But, um, you know, if you are looking for a long shot, he's the guy that I think to do it. Um, as long as the Whipsnakes continue to win, it's hard to make a case for anybody else on that team to, to be deserving of MVP than him. I think one thing to consider is do you guys – think that the MVP will come from a team that did not win the championship? Because the past three years, it's been like that. Like, What do you guys think about that? So, yeah, that's interesting, too, because they vote before the playoffs. So we're pretty much predicting, like, the regular season MVP. But as you've looked, you've actually ended up having the finals MVP, I think, all three years end up being the regular season MVP. Rambo won it. Uh, the award was announced before the finals. He ends up, obviously, 
winning it in overtime for the Whip Snakes. Then Zed Williams wins it. That was a little bit different case scenario because it was such a shortened season. They kind of combined the you know regular season and finals MVP together for um, Zed Williams. And then Blaze Reardon obviously went on a tear. He won MVP prior to the championship game and then brought home the championship. So um, I think you definitely want to choose a team that's kind of at the top. Like you're not going to see a team that's middle of the pack, um, you know, regardless of how much they mean to their team. I think just the way lacrosse has been um, winning it, you know, like you could say Zach Courier means a lot to the water dogs. I wouldn't place one on Zach Courier though. Um, and, you know, same for, and that's why I'm maybe a little bit hesitant with the burn lore pick too, because even though the whip snakes are four and one, I'm not as high on them as some other teams. So, um, and that's where the Chrome situation is interesting with Wisnowskis, Nick turn and Malloy, you can make the case for all three of those guys. So there's a reason to not bet any of them because it's hard to predict. Um, but yeah, you know, to answer your question, I think it has to be a team that is you you know is going to be at the top of the standings. And that's why I think the best look right now is Baptiste or Teat. Once you figure out who is the guy, and that's also why I would maybe avoid Lyle Thompson because as much as Lyle means to his team, Cannons probably aren't going to even maybe make the playoffs, let alone make up that much noise if they do make the postseason. So um, that's why Lyle is probably not a good pick, even though you could make the case he's the most valuable player to his team compared to anybody. Well, and no, I think it's a good question by Charlie, too, because think about uh, the NFL MVP, for instance, or the NBA MVP. Like, we don't technically know how much either the regular season or playoffs play into it. Like, for MVP, clearly the playoffs don't play in at all because Jokic is the MVP. He can't win a fucking game to save his life. You know, you look at and clearly there's no uh, there's no anger about Embiid uh, in that statement at all. But you look at uh, the NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers wins it and he chokes at home every year in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think it's a great question by Charlie. You know, how much does playoffs play into it? Because if you were picking this game at the end of the regular season, would uh, would, you know, um, Blaze Reardon last year have been the MVP at the end of the regular season? Probably not. Um, but with them winning the championship, um, you know, you saw how he played down the stretch and he made a case for it. So like, Charlie, did you have somebody in mind when you opened up that question or, you know, you're just kind of trying to think through, like, how is this award actually voted on? Well, I think two weeks ago, I tweeted out something about Will Manning deserves more MVP discussion. And then when I looked back at the last three MVPs coming from the championship team, I just think the Archers are going to choke uh, every single year. They've kind of proved it year in and year out. So I was kind of hesitant to place a future on that. Like, uh, Will Manny could have a lot of goals, but if they don't win the playoffs, then I don't think he's going to win. Yeah, and I'd agree uh, somewhat with that. And again, to clarify, they they do vote before the postseason, even though it's announced right before the championship game. So I, I do know that that actually is how the MVP voting, which is what makes it a little bit weird. Like last year, you know, it was at, it was between Grant Amon and Blaze Reardon essentially for the MVP. Um, you know, aim it within that discussion, even though they got eliminated, you know, two weeks prior to that announcement of that award. So it is, like I said, a regular season award, even though when we look at it, we're, we're like, oh, well, why didn't this guy get more discussion? It's voted on prior to that. I, I believe they vote on two weeks, two or three weeks prior. So um, I do think there's something to the fact that the narrative of a player like Trevor Baptiste is obviously a player that has a strong narrative. Whereas maybe somebody like Kyle Burnlor, you can make the case he means just as much to his team, but he's not one of the flashiest guys and he's just not getting talked about enough in the discussion. Um, so I don't think it really affects the voters per se, 
But that narrative, like, I don't think the, the voters are really looking at who's the most marketable, but I think the narrative does play into effect because as human beings, we're going to buy into a narrative and we're going to have our own personal biases. We're not looking straight at data. So I think there is a point to maybe not choosing the most marketable, but choosing the person that has the best narrative. And right now, I think that is clearly Trevor Baptiste, as long as an injury doesn't prevent him from playing in multiple games. Yeah, we'll see how that ends up turning out. We're going to get into the All-Star game here in just a second. But real quick, um, you know, we're talking all about these injuries and Trevor Baptiste and how it'll potentially affect them. Well, uh, someone who's listening into the space requesting as a speaker, uh, actually a doctor in their title. So I'm guessing that's Cap. But we might as well see, does the doctor have any info on, uh, on Trevor Baptiste or uh, how are you attacking some of these markets? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, actually, not really thinking about MVP too much. I uh, just want to take it back to more of the outright markets that you guys are talking about. Um, pretty familiar with the cross in general. Played it in college and high school and such, but pretty new to the PLL as a market as a whole. Uh, but I tend to do more futures and more data-driven betting. And uh, I was just hearing you guys kept talking about this buzzword value. And, you know, you hear a lot of people on these shows talk about value and stuff, but really, it seems like not a lot of them have a really good grasp of what it really means. You know, to me, the way I like to bet, you know, value is really just anything where you're getting a better percentage or you're getting better odds than what the, uh, what the sports book is marketing as the true odds or the implied odds. So for example, you know, I was just looking at the archers at plus 450 on bet rivers and implied probability on that's 18%. So, I mean, just watching them loosely a little bit the last couple of weeks, they strike me as having way more than a 20% chance to win this league. They seem to have the strongest offensive unit just in general. Uh, midfield seems pretty strong. Obviously, it looks like, you know, when they went against Atlas, that Atlas seemed like a more well-rounded team. But um, maybe you guys can speak to just the PLL as a whole. It seems to be much more of an offensive league. And I would assume some of these teams that have stronger defense and goalie, like the Redwoods and such, are maybe not going to be there deep into the run uh, for the playoffs. So it strikes me like uh, plus 450, you know, a team like the Archers, and obviously the Atlas looked pretty good too, but... Um, that a more offensive driven team is going to be the one standing on top when it's all said and done. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make a commentary too. You know, it's like, you, know, you talk to some of these teams that are like 20 to one, 30 to one and stuff, but it's not value if that team, you know, if a lot of these models make that team out to have a 4% chance or a 6% chance. So um, just wanted to kind of give my input on that. Uh, but, but what do you guys think about that as far as uh, what kind of a team is going to be winning this in terms of, you know, the makeup of the team offense or defense you hear a lot of times in the NFL, you know, defense wins championships and then offensive lines, you know, really the ones that separate, you know, different teams. Um, <clears throat> but what do you guys think for the PLL? Is it going to be much more of like an offensive team? Do you think that's going to get on top? Or do you think just an overall well-rounded team like the Atlas um, or Chaos is going to be uh, much more of a contender? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a great point, too, about value because, you know, it, I think the PLL is interesting compared to other sports leagues because, you know, I'm, I'm an Orioles fan. I've loved this run going on. I'm not rushing to go bet Orioles World Series future or even, you know, the AL League Championship just because the fact that their odds are so long. They, yeah, you know, they've been playing well. But you, you make a good point with, you know, finding value. And that's why I think with the PLO, it's interesting because you look at a Chrome team that the market said isn't going to be any good again this year just based on past results. But, you know, if you were paying attention to their offseason – they made a lot of peace. They made a lot of moves to kind of reinforce all areas of their team. So um, I do think it's offensive-driven league, but I do think you need a strong defense. And so that's why I would say the team that has overall all the pieces, offense, defense, and strong presence at the faceoff, um, is going to be the team to win. 
And the only exception, I think, to that is the Archers because they are so efficient on offense and defense that they can kind of mask their issues at the faceoff stripe a little bit. Um, and I do think Ignacio, the reason I like the Archers a lot, because I do think Ignacio is going to get better as the season progresses. I think he was dealt a kind of tough hand coming in week one as a rookie, missing a couple weeks, and now coming back. Um, but, yeah, to, to that point, I, I do think I'm glad you, you brought up about value because I think value is talked about in different ways. But, like you said, it's, it's implied odds versus their actual odds. And the other thing with the PLL to consider, too, is the fact that um, because all the teams make the playoffs, like, do you, you know, I mentioned that I, I like the Water Dogs future, but maybe you want to wait on the Water Dogs because if you think they're the fourth or fifth best team in the league, you're not one of the top teams, they're probably going to be underdogs heading into the playoffs. So rather than betting a future on them now, just bet them on the money line as underdogs, you know, through the, the playoffs. And you know, that's another way to maybe find more value on a team as opposed to finding it in the futures market. But um, I'll let Charlie kind of touch on the archers because I think he can kind of hit on that a little bit more than I can. Yeah, the one problem with the archers year over year is their face-off problems, which I think Hutton uh, laid out pretty well. I don't think it affects like as much as people might think, but it definitely plays a role because – if they're playing, say, the Atlas, and the Atlas score three or four goals in a row, they're going to play a different style of offense and defense um, based on being down in that hole and knowing that they're probably going to lose most of the faceoffs for the rest of the game. You're going to probably play faster on offense. You're going to try to slow the game down on defense, maybe play out a little more, try to force turnovers. Um, I think I think just knowing that you're probably going to bat 35 40% at best at the faceoff X kind of changes your strategy a little bit from a game planning perspective. And obviously the archers are one of the most explosive offenses in the league. That's never been the question. Um, defense. They have former defensive player of the year, Graham Hosick. They have Matt McMahon, who's obviously really good. Um, and Gittleman's not bad in goal either, but I just think that, I think that at the end of the day, the teams that get hot at the right time and have the least gaping holes at positions of importance um, end up taking it. Like you saw with the chaos last year, their offense kind of clicked towards the end of the season. Blaze reared and started playing like the best goal in the league um, towards the end of the season. All those things kind of come into play. And I think that um, personally, the archers just, you, you've seen it in the past couple of games, they play close games against teams that maybe they shouldn't play close games against. And uh, that has a lot to do with the faceoff X. So that, that's where I, I think that that archers bet lies. Great let, let me ask you guys two real quick, if, if you don't mind me interrupting. You know, if you guys follow the NHL and some of the advanced analytics and that, um, there's kind of a stat. I'm blanking on it right now. But basically, they can kind of gauge if a goalie is really kind of stealing a game um, and what the value of that is overall. And obviously, it's a very volatile uh, thing to, you know, really bank on. But do you guys think that is kind of a thing in the PLL that could really stand out? You know, some of these teams that have just such a dominant goal presence. Um, that they can make a hot run, you know, at least give you a chance where you might take a team that is, you know, a subpar team overall, but you're getting long odds on them and you might make it to the semifinal or the final and have a chance to hedge out. Um, do you guys think that that is something to bank on, you know, hot goalie or what teams would you guys target for that mindset? Well, you know, I think it's a great question because if you think about last season and you can never really say, oh, well, you know, the Whipsnakes were kind of out of it, but the Whipsnakes were struggling between the cages. We're talking all about Kyle Burnmore and the season that he's having, but it's because of what a stark contrast it is to what he was doing behind the pipes last year. Fipsy comes in last year in kind of his relief, and he was playing pretty stellar. He has a damn good defense in front of him. So, um, you know, I think there is something, too, across all sports a team 
peaking at the right time. So I don't know if any of you guys have anything more as far as specifics as it relates to lacrosse. But, um, you know, I think I always want to be backing a team who's playing their best as they head in. You know, it was years ago when it happened. But think about, you know, in the NFL with the Giants, when they were eight and eight squeaking into the playoffs, they end up taking down a team who was 16 and 0 going into it. So they were playing their best football at the right time, um, you know, and I think that kind of does go across any sports. I don't know if you, any of you guys want to hop in and, um, you know, speak to that a little bit more before we start getting into some of this all-star game and uh, our week six leans. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have anything to tie a bow on that because a great question by the guy. Yeah, I think uh, you can definitely see that in PLL, and I think you saw it last year with Blaze Reardon leading the chaos, you know, having such a spectacular run. Um, and, you know, give credit to their defense because their defense played really well schematically through those three games as well. But um, that's where I think, you know, I don't want to say back a hot goaltender necessarily because there's volatility there. You know, you could see Nick Morocco played really well the first two weeks and hasn't played super well recently and the Cannons are losing games. So um, I definitely think, you know, I, I wouldn't say base your pick off of a hot goaltender, but I do think just like in hockey that, lacrosse is very much predicated on having a hot goaltender or even, you know, if you have a cold goaltender, Redwoods were in some tight games, but Troutner wasn't playing his best. And that could be the reason why they lost a few of those games as well. So um, I definitely think goaltender and face-off guys, even though face-off guys don't necessarily lead to more goals, um, the momentum swings can definitely be more drastic if you don't have a guy that's at the top. I don't think you need necessarily uh, an elite player at the face-off position and the goaltending position, but I think that if you don't have at least an average player at either of those positions, it's definitely detrimental to your team. So I think you got to look at that too. Yeah, and thanks for hopping in, Doc, and also thanks for dropping some of that uh, explanation behind what really makes value, you know, implied probability and using, uh, you know, potential uh, markets to kind of tell you what odds makers are thinking that implied probability is. So uh, great join in by the listeners. That's why we love doing this live Twitter space so we can get your thoughts all along the way. The hive mind doesn't always pick winners. But when we're all educating each other, makes us all better, better. So uh, good job across the way there. So, uh, boys, let's get into week six here. Uh, just some early thoughts, you know, nothing that we're going to be telling you take the rubber band off on or anything, unless maybe some of these guys do have a max bet that they want to throw in here. I personally don't. Um, the only thing that I've bet, and I actually don't love it the more that I start diving into the game, I just thought the total in this Chaos Whip Snakes game at 22 and a half seemed like a rat line to tell you to take the under just because these teams typically go low scoring. So the only thing that I've actually bet is the over that 22 and a half, um, just a small, you know, half unit play. Uh, so uh, that's the only thing that I have in my pocket, but let's start with this Atlas Redwoods game, Atlas two and a half point favorites. I think it's pretty merited the total 23 and a half. So the, the, the weekly question is what the hell is up with the Redwoods. Uh, Charlie, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Um, anything that you're betting in this game? Because honestly, a lot of the time it, it, it makes me sick when I'm laying two and a half goals. Um, you know, I think I might get a little sick trying to take the Redwoods and talk them into it. They just look like they're in a bad way, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd get sick laying one and a half in uh, the PLL. So two and a half, I'm probably going to take the Redwoods. Um, these two teams, like, they've been playing pretty similar lacrosse over the past couple of weeks. Like, the Atlas have won two one-goal games, and the Redwoods have lost two one-goal games. Do we think that's going to continue? Do we think that um, the Redwoods are going to keep losing close games and Atlas going to keep winning them? I don't know. 
I think two and a half is a pretty safe play here. I, I'm not going to say I'm going to take anything right now because I was these lines about an hour and a half ago. But two and a half in PL pretty automatic. Um, Atlas haven't been covering one and a half, so I don't know why they would cover a two and a half here, especially if Baptiste isn't playing. If Baptiste isn't playing, I'm going to lock in the Redwoods money line because I think that Yerlin has a distinct face-off advantage over, I think, who's the backup? FOP? Yeah, okay, so it's FOP. I, I think that Yerlin, he, he's going to he's gonna pick it up. He's going to go back to his old ways, like 55, 58% face-off wins. Um, teams have been playing a lot better than their record suggests the past two weeks. I think they finally get one this time. So that's what I would play, um, but I'll probably look more into it next week. Yeah, and um, I know that Erlen's hoping that there is no Baptiste because he just got owned when these two teams played earlier this year. It was a June 4th game. It was 17-11, the final. Atlas taken down the woods, and Baptiste just rolled all over. Even, uh, you know, Erlen couldn't couldn't find his way, couldn't, uh, you know, face his way out of a paper bag. Um, you know, talking a lot about this Baptiste injury, not having him in the All-Star game affects how we're betting that. Like, Crabs, part of the excitement of getting these lines so early is we'll get to track the line moves it's also an opportunity for betters who are paying attention to maybe the tea leaves that the sports book aren't to get a good number so um you know with this line being up two and a half sure it's juiced to the redwoods minus 150 but um what do you think like if baptiste isn't playing um you think this is something that people should maybe rush to bet now like how how are you gonna do it yeah, so I'm curious if you guys have seen the lines move at all yet. If you have, please cut me off and let me know now. Um, but if not, I think we have to play the Redwoods now because I don't think there's a single chance that the Baptiste plays in this game from what I've been hearing. Uh, and that is huge, obviously, not just for you know the play on the field, but just mentally for Earden uh, and just for the Redwoods in general. Uh, having, you know the best player on the field out is huge, both physically and mentally. And I think it gives the Redwoods life. And I've been chomping at the bit, just waiting for a realistic opportunity where I can back my boys. And I think it's actually finally here. It's the worst team in the league versus the best team in the league. Like you guys said, the plus two and a half, it's a no brainer. I don't see why we don't lock this in now. um, If we don't think Baptiste is going to play. And I really don't, I really don't. Uh, What's the rush for them? You know, there's no way they rush him back especially against the Redwoods, in my opinion. And I think his injury is pretty serious. So I don't think we see him play. I think we just lock this in now uh, because if he gets ruled out and that line goes back to one and a half, we're going to be way more mad than if we bet the plus two and a half now and it moves from minus 150 to minus 160. We're not going to care if that happens, but we are going to care if we lose a whole point on the spread uh, versus a team that we've seen get big leads and just absolutely melt them away late. And that's the Atlas. They still find ways to win. But it's always been close. So that's why I kind of want to lock this one in now. And I want your guys' opinions. We've seen the two-and-a-half-point spread ten times in the PLL in the last two seasons. It's seven and three going towards the dog. Hutton, um, a lot of good points there made by Crabs on just, you know, hey, could this potentially move one-and-a-half? I think this is going to be a really interesting peak inside the mind of the sports books you know how much stock do they put into a single player especially at a position like faceoff um you know is it enough to move at a point is it enough to uh move it heavy juice either way you know are you betting this or rushing to bet anything um if not you know what what are you kind of thinking in this one 
Yeah, if Baptiste plays, I really like Atlas minus two and a half. Now, you know, if we get word that he's playing, you know, you might not get it at plus 120 like you're getting it now. But I don't see it going that drastically. At worst, you know, it's probably even money. Um, I think this Atlas team is still just much better. Um, but I actually agree with Crab's strategy. If you like the Redwoods, get in now because if Baptiste is ruled out, that line's going to get worse. And God forbid it does move to one and a half. Um, you're going to be upset about that, not getting in on it, you know, earlier with the Redwoods and vice versa with the Atlas too. Like, you know, if you bet that now and it moves to a one and a half, you're going to be annoyed that you're sitting there with a two and a half and they only win by one, you know, or two, two goals or whatever. So um, I, I think if you like the Atlas or you're waiting to hear from Baptiste, you'll wait. If you like the Redwoods, um, regardless if Baptiste is in or not, you know, play it right now because worst case, Baptiste is ruled back. You know, you can maybe double down a little bit um, on the Redwoods if you still like them or you just sit back and, you know, you, you still have a chance um, because the Redwoods still could cover this two and a half point spread, even if Baptiste is playing. You know, I'd like the Atlas, you know, if Baptiste is playing, but um, I don't think there's as much risk as if you're betting the Atlas minus two and a half right now. So uh, agree with Krabs's logic, even if I'm on the other side. All right, well, boys, since it's early enough that, uh, you know, we'll have plenty of time to dive in, check those line moves. I think a lot of good information on that one. So let's get into this Chaos Whip Snakes game. Whips are one-and-a-half-point favorites, total 22-and-a-half. This will be the second time these two teams are playing this year. It was an, in a 9-8 win for the Whip Snakes. That was back same week, June 4th, 2022. All three of these times these teams have played, it has hit the under. We've seen totals at 22.5 most recently. The championship total was 23.5. Uh, that goes under by the hook. And then you had a 22.5. So typically low totals with these teams. They haven't hit an over yet, which kind of made me lean towards going that over just because I think chaos showed they have a propensity to score now that they have their horses back i think they know they have to kind of dig themselves out of a hole and i think this game potentially between chaos and whip snakes with the added rest for both of the teams it could potentially be one of those track meets uh though it hasn't been historically the matchup that we've seen before these two teams that's why i leaned over um crabs what are you looking at in this game do the chaos return after showing and returning with a vengeance with their horses getting a win uh you think that rolls over through two weeks on a bye yeah i'm I'm with you boys i like the chaos on this one um i think they get it done in my opinion it's kind of like a uh a little restart that blaze reared and i think needs having a couple weeks off to be honest with you because he has been something this season uh he's not been his uh, normal self, not his MVP self. So I think the break is honestly huge. I'm sure he's been grinding over the last two weeks, probably being like, what the heck's going on? Uh, so I will be all over uh, the chaos uh, this coming weekend, or sorry, next coming weekend. I think it's a great look. I don't hate the ML. I'm going to take the plus one and a half. It's only a minus 120 from what I'm seeing. Uh, and we all know what's good with the plus one and a half. So if it's, not, if it's a plus 120 to minus 120 difference, I'm willing to eat the 40 cents. And take the take the uh, plus one and a half because of how profitable it's been in the PLL. And I'm sure DraftKings is listening to this and adjusting accordingly. So if you are, kick rocks. But that's by far, without a doubt, the play in this spot. I'm wondering, Hutton, what are you uh, what are you doing in this one? And just to uh, you know, kind of back up what he was uh, what he was saying there in Crab's case, talking about the one and a half and knowing what's good. We've seen 
32 times a team getting one and a half on 48 different occasions uh, covering that one and a half point spread. So covering on all spreads, 55% of the time, just underdogs against the spread in the PLL going back the past two years are 39 and 19. That's a 67% blindly backing underdogs against the spread in PLL betting. So yeah, Krabs, we do know what's good with that underdog. And as an underdog better, that's why I love the PLL so much. Uh, are the dogs barking again, Hutton? What do you think? And then, uh, Charlie, you can give your thoughts before we swing on into the archers. Yeah, I, I lean chaos plus one and a half. I think it'll be a closer game now that the chaos have all their offensive pieces. Um, defense is still hasn't been playing well. Their best game, though, was against the Whip Snakes. Um, and, you know, Blaze Bruin did just post a 20-save game last week. So it, it's encouraging going into the All-Star break. Like Crab said, he, he hadn't been playing his best up until last week. Last week, pitched a gem. And it's probably the reason why they beat the Cannons. Um, so I lean Chaos plus one and a half. I want to wait on this, though, a little bit because right now, faceoffs haven't been a huge issue for them, but it could rear its ugly head against the Whip Snakes going up against Nardella, even though week one they did all right with Tommy Kelly. I think you want to wait and see if Adler, Max Adler, returns because I don't think, you know, even though I'm saying this now, maybe they're listening, but. I don't think Max Adler being reinserted is going to move the line that much, but I think it's a a big push for this chaos team to make it competitive like they did in the championship last year. Um, But I'm with you. I I like the over. Um, It's another one though I might wait on, honestly, because I know the public tends to like playing the overs, but I think given the fact that people are going to look at this matchup and say, Blaze Rearon just pitched a 20 save game. Burnler's been on fire. Um, This game went under last, last time they played. I think you might see the line move in the unders' favor a little bit, maybe get a little bit more. Um, you know, at, at uh, so right now, DraftKings that's minus one thirty to play the over. So I would wait because worst case, even if it, that doesn't end up coming to pass, um, you still might be able to get a better number on Caesars. Um, you know, if they they post a better, uh, you know, less juice or um, you know, maybe you'll get a a favor more favorable line somewhere else. So I would just wait. Um, I'm playing the over right now, but that's kind of my early lean. And uh, again, chaos. I, I just want to see what their their pieces are going to be against this Whip Snakes team. Whip Snakes team are another team too that have some guys that are injured, missing the All Star game. Hopefully, it's not too serious for them. But you know, if a guy like Matt Dunn, who's out for the All Star game, is out come Week Six, that's also going to push it kind of in the chaos favor. So I'm just going to wait to see that injury report and uh, who's coming back for the chaos and Whip Snakes before I really put any bets on this game. Yeah, nothing really new to add. I just think that Chaos, when they first played the Whip Snakes in Week 1, they lost by one, and that was with uh, a roster full of practice players. So I think that with the two-week hiatus for the um, all the guys the Chaos got back, they've been playing the NLL uh, since God knows when. Last, like, basically in, like, uh, since, like, like, November, right? Something like that. Anyways, they, they need a rest. They need a nice two-week break. Uh, they'll come back energized, and uh, I kind of like the over, like you guys said. The the easy bet is, oh, the two best goalies in the league going against each other under all day. Uh, both these teams like to shoot the ball a lot. I think that if they both have average games or even slightly above average games, we still get an over. So I like the over 22.5 and the chaos plus 1.5. Love it. And since we've already gone a healthy hour here, you know, that's what I love is we're always like, yeah, you know, um, it's kind of just all-star game. We got games to preview, so we'll probably go a little bit shorter. No, not on Bet on the Cross. We are an over show. Take the over always, even though we love betting on unders. Uh, I'm going to package these last two together because it's just kind of leans for me. Um, this is the Archers minus two and a half against Cannons, total 24 and a half. 
Um, Cannons plus two and a half is probably going to be the look for me, but that's too gross to bet a week and ahead. They just look bad right now. Also with Lyle Thompson pop, popping up on the injury report, uh, I got to know if he's playing before I'm back in this team because we've seen what they look like without Lyle Thompson. Um, the other one is this Chrome minus one and a half and Water Dogs total 24 and a half. Chrome the favorite in that one. The question is, like, are the Water Dogs back? So, Charlie, I'm going to throw it your way. Thoughts on either of those two games because uh, I just don't have anything for me that's really actionable to share on next week's show. I'll probably have a little bit more to dive in on, but any early thoughts on this Archer's Cannons or the Chrome Water Dog game? For Archer's Cannons, I haven't really looked into it, but I kind of like the under already because last time these two teams played, it was like 29 goals scored or something like that, right? And the Archers put 20 by themselves. Um, so I think everyone's going to expect kind of a repeat performance for both teams. Uh, I think it'll be probably a little closer. Um, two and a half, probably right about where the line should be. The cannons have looked pretty bad, so I'm not really looking at that right now, but I'd probably play the cannons blindly two and a half just because of the two and a half um, stats we have in the last two seasons. Um, Chrome Water Dogs, I, I've been riding the Water Dogs train. I kind of talked them up as a championship favorite, or not favorite, but like I, I like this plus 700 on their championship odds. Um, I think the Chrome are a really good team, but every good team has – uh, rough patches of the season. I think the Chrome might have just started theirs. So I think the Water Dogs plus one and a half and the money line, probably the play for me. Total, I'm staying away for right now. I got to look more into it. But those are my plays. Crabs, what about you? Anything that you're trying to hammer? I know we don't have any props up for these yet. Typically, those come the Tuesday before the games late in the evening. So hopefully we're getting any of them. So anything that you're playing as far as side total or any maybe potential props that you're hoping for? Yeah, give me Asher Nolting over anything in this game once it comes up on prize picks or wherever. Uh, dude's a dog. He's been balling this year, uh, especially uh, if the Cannons are still missing Thompson. I mean, give me a break. This dude is, is going to have the rock in his, in his stick the entire game. Uh, and he's been killing it. He's been hitting his numbers damn near every week. Uh, I love this prop. The dude out there looks like a man amongst boys. He does not look like a rookie. Uh, so I will be definitely taking him uh, over probably his points. Uh, but I'm not really confident to give out anything on any sides here until we figure out if Lyle Thompson's playing. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Asher Nolting, he really does seem like he's coming into his zone. He came out of the gate, you know, with that kind of two-man game with Lyle, and now, you know, we'll get a, even more of an opportunity to see when he is the guy – um, you know, how, how does he keep on playing? So, yeah, if they do win the game, because Asher Nolting is balling out for sure. Um, Hutton, you'll get the last word on this. Any other thoughts on this Archers Cannons or the uh, Chrome Water Dogs matchup? And again, uh, you won't get to be with us next week. So give us your thoughts uh, before we start diving in uh, next week on uh, really some of our best bets that we'll be getting into. Yeah, um, I think Archer's Cannons is a, a good one to maybe bet live. Uh, it's one that I, I just don't want to touch yet. Even if I find out that, you know, Lyle's healthy, um, you know, and we're getting both the, you know, full full strength, um, it's just one that I still – it worries me that the Archers obviously dominated the Cannons last time, 20-9, to 9, but lost the faceoff battle. I think that's something that could – you know, we could see some – some balance come more into play than it was last time. You know, if, uh, if Stephen Kelly does have a big game at the stripe for the cans again. So I'm going to pass on this one. Um, but I think it's a good live bet opportunity. I like, uh, uh, what Charlie was saying about the under potential in this game, but what I would do is probably wait 
flip that pre-flop and just see how the game starts off. Because if we see a bunch of goals, that total is going to rise, you know, 27, 28 maybe, and you might be able to get a favorable under there. Um, that's kind of been my strategy is a lot of these teams start out fast. Still haven't dived, dived into the numbers yet, but anecdotally, teams start out fast and then they slowly, you know, peter off that Chrome Atlas game. Um, looked like it was going to go soar way over. And while it still did go over eventually, it, it wasn't as high as people thought. And I ended up cashing in on a 29 and a half, I think maybe even a 28 and a half um, on that one. So again, just the important thing to, to realize uh, when it comes to some of these. Um, and then as far as Chrome water dogs, Eileen water dogs, uh, plus one and a half. I kind of like them on the money line too, but I just want to see what Dylan Ward's status is before I, I bet this one. So nothing that's really getting me there. And uh, I'm kind of considering the under at 24 and a half because these teams have been getting into high scoring games. And obviously the last matchup was high scoring, but I don't think the, I think their defenses have been playing be- better, even though the Atlas, you know, put up a, a bunch of points on them last week. Uh, I do think this Chrome defense seeing each other for a second time, it's going to play to a more low scoring affair. So maybe you wait and you, you bet this one live as well, but leaning under and leaning water dogs plus one and a half. So, and Krabs, I know you got your thoughts in on what you were potentially playing in the Archers Cannons after Nolting over anything. Um, any thoughts on this Chrome Water Dogs game? Total 24 and a half. Chrome, the one and a half point favorite before we uh, wrap things up here on another live edition of Bet on Lacrosse. Water Dogs, ML. I'm with you guys. This is a underperforming Water Dogs team starting to trend up now that they've got their guys back. Uh, and they're playing against an overperforming Chrome, who I don't think is good as their four run second place. Uh, spot right now in the PLL, in my opinion. I'm rude for you guys on those futures tickets because those are going to pay out hefty. Uh, just not, you know, this coming weekend or next coming weekend uh, in this matchup because I'm going to be hammering the Water Dogs, you know, barring any crazy injuries or crazy stuff beforehand. But I absolutely love them. I'm cutting the shit, going right to the chase, not taking the plus one and a half here. I think they went out right. I like the ML at plus 115, plus 120, what I get them at. Uh, the Water Dogs will be barking. Uh, and they will be winning this one outright, in my opinion. Outright, says Krabs. You can hear him behind the lines with Book It Sports. Follow him, Krabs Bets. Uh, guys, you know what? Bye weeks are for fucking chumps because we just gave all kinds of info all show long. We started with Team Futures, talked some MVP, got into the All-Star game, and then gave you some early thoughts and some info with trends all along the way on week six. We will be back in a week's time breaking down our best bets here on Bet on Lacrosse. But huge thanks to the listeners joining in. Thanks to Doc. Great question. Talking some implied odds as well and implied value. Always love hearing from our listeners. You can always hit that request to speak button and we'll get you in as quickly as possible. So for the crew, for my guy Charlie White, Hutton Jackson, our special guest Crab Bets. I'm Dan Alexander, and we'll talk to you next time on Bet on Lacrosse. Hopefully, no, not even hopefully, screw that, with some more money in our pocket from our All-Star Game bets. Best of luck, folks. Bet responsibly, and we'll talk to you next week here on BOL.